Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, welcome everyone to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. Hope you're all staying grounded, making time for yourselves, and giving yourself space in all of this chaos, and allowing yourself to simply arrive into each day with your best. Doesn't matter what that looks like. It could be you being uber productive and getting a bunch of stuff done, or it could be you just sitting on the couch with a lot of ice cream watching Netflix. But give yourself the permission to be human in all of this. And I'm very grateful that you guys are tuning in to stay grounded and allowing this to be an anchor throughout all of this for you. I am so excited and privileged to be introducing this week's guest, Miss Grace Smith. So Grace is one of the world's leading pioneers in the field of hypnotherapy. She's worked with Fortune 500 CEOs, A-list celebrities, Olympic athletes, and government officials. And she's also the founder of the world's number one provider of hypnosis education, products, and services, and leads a world-class hypnotherapy certification program. She has worked with thousands of people all over the world. She's a product of her own practice using hypnotherapy to radically change her life. And it was super illuminating and very intriguing for me to learn about hypnotherapy in this way. You know, I'm constantly looking for new ways, new modalities, new vehicles uh, to up-level my life, to allow me to show up better, to allow me to move through fears and create through chaos. And, you know, a lot of the things that worked for me in the past just aren't accessible to me right now. To be honest, like when I'm stuck at home, like I don't have a gym to go to, there are things and habits and structures that I leaned on to create more zen and create more groundedness in my life. And I don't have those now. And so I've been on the search to find new things. And I have friends and peers and colleagues who have mentioned hypnosis in the past, but I personally just didn't know anything about it. And so I was a kid in a candy store (laughs) getting to chat with Grace and getting to learn about hypnotherapy and how it works and why it's such an effective tool for change. You know, I love the way that Grace described hypnosis. Uh, She described it as meditation with a goal. And so to me, uh, I am a, I'm a meditator. I meditate every morning. And so the idea of using meditation and things like meditation to focus on fixing a problem in my life just felt very, very, very appealing to me. So I learned so much on this episode. I learned why hypnotherapy is such an effective tool inside of crisis and chaos. How do you get started with it? The real reason it can be a solution to just about everything, the role it has on your subconscious mind, uh, why trauma happens, where trauma comes from, and how you can use something like hypnosis, even if you don't know what it is, even if you don't work with an actual hypnotherapist, how can you leverage all of the things that hypnosis stands for to create more love, clarity, and fulfillment in your life? And so this was a beautiful episode at such a timely time. You know, Grace is a sweetheart, and I just loved getting to know her and getting to learn from a master in this. So anyways, also, she makes a lot of things available for you guys. Like, I'm actually kind of shocked at how much free stuff she was giving away during these times. Like I said, Grace is an absolute sweetheart. I mean, she's giving free access to her hypnosis app, so just that's in the show notes. She has a new book coming out tomorrow, Close Your Eyes, Lose Weight, which is Really, for anybody who is struggling to stop eating their emotions during stay-at-home orders, you can go and check out her hypnosis program there. She's giving private hypnotherapy sessions to essential medical workers who are working directly with COVID-19 patients. So just go to the show notes if you want to check out all the free things that Grace is giving you guys. Um, I was very grateful, and um, it it actually goes to just show how kind-hearted of a human being she is. And so... Anyways, I'm super excited for you guys to get to know her. I'm super excited for you guys to learn more about these tools. And I hope that these episodes are really anchoring for you. Um, you know, I'm, I just want to let you know, like, I don't have all my stuff figured out. I never 
I'm figuring things out along the way. This is my first real big crisis, you know, and I'm allowing myself to be human in this. And I hope you guys are allowing yourselves to be human in this too. This isn't about having all the answers. It's about showing up each day with a curious mind and allowing ourselves to do our best and allowing ourselves to learn, allowing ourselves to rediscover what it means to create our way through crisis and chaos. And so I hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you haven't already, subscribe to us on iTunes. All that means is every single time I release a new episode, whether it's a guest episode or a Stay Grounded Daily, which are just singular, very short um, reminders to stay grounded in your day-to-day life. It'll just hop right into your phone and you can tune into these whenever you choose to. If you want to be a part of a community and and be a part of more support structures and create more of a, of a familial vibe throughout these times of chaos, if you feel socially isolated, um, come join our free Facebook community. Go to rajana.com forward slash stay grounded. I would love to get to know you. I would love to be there and support you through these times. And I would love to Again, create through this chaos. We're in unprecedented times of uh, stress and overwhelm and anxiety, and we're really rediscovering what it means to be a human being. We're rediscovering what it means to arrive into each day with presence. And I know it's really, really, really hard right now to see any type of silver lining in any of this chaos, especially with the numbers rising each day with so much pain and misery and economic crisis. But I hope you guys are giving yourself the permission to find something to hold on to each day, that we're all in this together. We're all getting through this together. And I hope that there's you're finding a little bit of perspective through these episodes. And I hope that Stay Grounded can be a source of strength for you through these tying times. So anyways, sending you all lots of love. But without further ado, here is the amazing Grace Smith. Enjoy, guys. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. Hope you guys are uh, staying grounded in all of this chaos and madness. Um, I'm so grateful to have you here, Grace. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I really selfishly couldn't wait to just be here with you. It's been a challenge to sort of center myself in all of this, you know, I've, and I'm someone who's done a lot of personal development work and I've invested in the resources and I still find myself just being pulled in a million different directions. And so, yeah, I'm really grateful that uh, we get a chance to go down the rabbit hole today. Me too. Okay. So for context, I would love to just maybe set the stage for why hypnotherapy and hypnosis is such an effective tool during times of crisis and chaos. So the reason why hypnotherapy is so effective is because it takes place in a state where you are so wonderfully, deeply relaxed, so wonderfully safe feeling that you become open to suggestion. Now, you don't become open to every suggestion, right? That's a Hollywood misconception. That's just a screenwriter trying to in my opinion, lazily explain why someone is behaving in a way that they wouldn't normally behave. They say, oh, they were hypnotized. But if hypnosis were truly mind control, if a hypnotist could truly control someone's mind, every hypnotist on the planet would be a billionaire. (laughs) And anybody (laughs) who was a crook of some sort would, you know, just study this thing and manipulate the whole world. And there would be this zombie apocalypse scene. Every time a hypnotist left their house, people would be screaming down the street, covering their eyes and their ears, not wanting their mind to be controlled. So the fact of the matter is you're only open to suggestions that you want to absorb. So we can get into this in a little bit about how important it is to choose words that are believable and achievable to you when you're programming your subconscious mind. Otherwise, you're not going to absorb them at all. But from a greater scientific perspective, if we were to put sensors on our brain right now and on a screen, look at the brainwave patterns that we're producing. What's known as the beta brainwave state is our normal waking consciousness. And those waves look like this. They're fast together. They're spiky. They're tall. That's normal waking consciousness. If we were to just get real quiet, look out the window, start to daydream, that would be alpha. So that's still pretty rapid, but a lot of smoother on the top and bottom. At the very bottom is delta. That's sleep. So we're not conscious 
when we are sleeping, but clearly our subconscious is very active. That's what dreaming is. And those waves are very slow moving and barely peak at all. And there's this beautiful state that is deeper than alpha, so deeper than daydreaming, but more conscious and alert than delta, which is sleep. And it's called the theta brainwave state. And the theta brainwave state is where you are when you're in deep meditation. Yeah. And the theta brainwave state is where you are when you're in hypnotherapy. So rather than trying to make change when you're in beta, when you're stressed out, when you're freaked out, when you're literally the least open to suggestion because you're in survival mode, you don't take in any new information when you're in survival mode. You just, all systems go on habitual patterns, whether they're good for you or not, right? Because habits are not energetically expensive. It is so energetically expensive to create a new belief. It is so energetically expensive to create a new habit. But when you're in theta, you're so relaxed, you feel so safe, you have the surplus energy available to create those new habits and beliefs rapidly. That's powerful. So it's almost like you're meditating to achieve something in a way. My definition for hypnosis is meditation with a goal. Ah, okay. I like that. That's an easy way to understand it. And it actually encourages healthy habits like meditation. So is hypnosis and meditation done at the same time? Or are those concurrently sort of separate habits that one should build and use to be more calm and, and create more? Create more what? I guess, what are we even trying to create more of with tools like meditation and, and mindfulness? To me, it's just more peace and maybe quieting of the mind, but is there a, a more important goal for sort of investing in these habits altogether? Absolutely. So they support one another so profoundly. Meditation, well, there's a lot of different forms of meditation, but let's say transcendental meditation, where you're repeating the same mantra over and over again for 20 minutes. You're quieting the mind. Your body is getting rest. Your nervous system is getting rest. You are your adrenals are getting rest, right? You're resetting your system and all of that chaos from the beta brainwave state, you get to just down into theta and sort of reprogram, reset what your natural state is, which is beautiful. I think of that form of meditation as a form of letting go. You're letting go of thought. You are letting go of stress. You're letting go of doing. You're letting go of being. Well, you're being, but you're letting go of any intention. Yeah. Hypnotherapy is very intention-based. You are accessing the subconscious mind on purpose in order to seek out a limiting belief or a habit that's not serving you, to understand why you have that limiting belief, why you have that habit that's not serving you, and to actively upgrade it. So they're totally different ways of helping you improve your life, but they both happen in the theta state. So I do them both every day. And, you know, just to give an example, there was a study that found that 600 sessions of psychoanalysis, so regular talk therapy, results in an average of 33% improvement. So 600 sessions is about a decade of psychoanalysis for 33% improvement. That same study found that six sessions of hypnotherapy can result in 93% improvement wow. on average. Yeah. And that's the difference between attempting to try to change your life from the beta state when you're in survival mode, when you're filled with stress and you're not actually open to suggestion and you're just operating on those bad habits, right? When stress goes up, typically our bad habits get worse or going into theta in order to understand the mechanisms that aren't serving us and upgrade them where they live, which is in the subconscious mind. So you don't choose one or the other. It's not like, oh, hypnosis is better than meditation. It's not even necessarily to say that hypnosis is better than psychotherapy. If you love it, if you're getting a lot out of it, if you feel better after every week, awesome. But it's rare that we would go into a psychotherapy session saying, oh, I'm here to overcome my fear of flying. And have that happen in yeah. two or three sessions. Whereas with hypnotherapy, that is what you do. You set a goal to be better in an area of your life and you see those results very rapidly. And in a time like this, where we all feel so out of control, that survival mechanism, that fight, flight, freeze is so ratcheted up more beyond our normal stress states, which were ever increasing before the pandemic, that were that closed off to peace. We're that closed off to new suggestions of how to feel better. We're just operating from fear. 
it's so important to get into theta as often as you can at a time like this. Yeah. So is hypnosis something that's generally done with a practitioner or is there ways to sort of navigate that world yourself? So let's say I'm in isolation right now, right? And I don't have the resources or maybe I don't have the the monetary gains to go access someone who can actually help me move through this. Like, how does one even know where to get started with hypnosis in general? Because it seems like what I love about it is it seems like like meditation with the goal. I love that. So it is like something that you can almost regulate yourself. Like you can be like, I want to get this done. So I want to go here and look for a solution to this problem. And it's almost like you're, you're, you're healing yourself in some ways, or you're being your own therapist or you're, you're being your own coach in some ways, which I think is fantastic. So hundred percent. So like, can you talk to like, how does one even, I guess, approach hypnosis if they were trying to get rid of a problem, let's say? Yeah. So there's really three levels and they're all self-hypnosis. And to your point, whether you're working with a practitioner, you're doing it on your own and the middle option is listening to a recording, you're still the one healing yourself. There's no one doing anything to you. The hypnotherapist is simply a trained expert who can guide you into the theta brainwave state and knows how to navigate the subconscious mind. But it's up to you whether you're absorbing the suggestions or not, right? It's up to you how much conditioning you allow yourself to have. Yeah. You're the one healing yourself. The hypnotherapist is just a guide. So whether you're working with one or not, it's all you. You're the power source here. You're the one who's transforming. So at the end of our interview, towards the end, we can do a group hypnosis together so everyone can see what it feels like. Because one of the coolest things (laughs) about hypnosis is if you've ever had trouble or difficulty meditating, a lot of people do. When you are guided into the theta state and you know how to get there, you know what it feels like, it deeply informs your meditation practice. So I lived in New York City when I first became a hypnotherapist. I was working in corporate America, super stressed. I couldn't meditate. I just, my mind was racing. I didn't have the patience or the commitment to get deep enough with enough practice. I did two or three hypnosis sessions and now my meditation practice is so deep instantly. I don't even mean now, I mean then after two or three hypnosis sessions. So so that's very cool. So self-hypnosis is putting yourself into the theta state and repeating appropriate hypnoaffirmations for the change you want to make. And again, Curating those effectively is pretty important because you want to make sure those hypnoaffirmations are achievable, believable, but also phrased in the right way so that they really upgrade your subconscious mind. Like a quick example is the subconscious doesn't hear the words not, right? Never. It doesn't hear negation. So if you were just at home doing it on your own and you set the hypnoaffirmation, I will not eat cookies anymore when I'm stressed. All the subconscious hears is, I will eat cookies when I'm stressed. (laughs) (laughs) So it's good to do a little research in my first book, which is called Close Your Eyes, Get Free. That's what the book is. It's teaching you how to do that. I think that's available for 10 bucks on Kindle right now. The next level would be listening to a recording. And a lot of people say that reminds them of guided meditations. And rightfully so, because they're both guided. It's both a voice bringing you down into the theta state. The slight difference is the hypnotherapist is not just going to give you lovely imagery. They are trained and know how to say the right things to upgrade subconscious limiting beliefs. And that's the intention of it. Yeah. But it will feel a lot like any guided meditations. And right now our app is actually free to help people through this pandemic. So you could just go to gshypnosis.com forward slash app or look for grace-based hypnosis in the app store. And we've got hundreds of recordings on anything you could ever imagine. And then the final piece and truly the most effective piece is the private hypnotherapy sessions solely because they're tailored to your unique situation. So we're all collectively going through this global heartbreaking experience and scary experience. And yet, because we're all going through it together globally, there's something beautiful about us all being in it together. And so recordings written for that are beautiful. And yet you being in isolation where you are in your unique circumstance is very different from your neighbor, is very different from your best friend on the other side of the world, is very different from your grandmother. And so if you have a private hypnotherapy session, then it's one-on-one. It's no longer generic. And you can go into exactly what you are personally experiencing 
And my hypnotherapist, who I've trained, the graduates of my school, we only offer phone sessions, even outside of social distancing. Interesting. That's the way it's most effective. So you could get a phone session if you have the financial means anytime, any place all over the world. That's fantastic. I didn't know that hypnotherapy sessions were traditionally done via phone. Is there a reason why? Yeah, they were traditionally done in person. But I'll, I'll tell you how I found out they were more effective. So I was, again, working in New York City, super busy clients, super stressed clients, clients traveling all over the world, CEOs and fancy folks who were, you know, always heading to Hong Kong every yeah. other week. And they wouldn't want to miss their sessions. So we started doing Skype. And what I found, Skype back then, eight years ago, that would be Zoom or phone. And uh they would come to me in their in-person sessions so frazzled, so stressed because the subway was late. They got out of the meeting late. They were sitting in traffic. Their Uber didn't come. They'd show up late. You know, they're all frenetic energy. We have this beautiful session and they go right back out into the chaos. So that theta state lasted from the moment I got them there to the moment they left the door. Yeah. And when they would show up on our Skype calls or our phone calls, they were like, hey, Grace, I'm in the hotel. I'm in my bathrobe. I just had dinner. When we're done, I'm going to go to bed or I'm going to take a bubble bath. And so the theta state or even the alpha state, which is the precursor to theta, was extended so much further in either direction. It just gave more time for the suggestions to be absorbed. And then I looked at how much I was paying for New York City rent and said, forget this. Yeah. <laughs> if phone is more effective, why? And so for the last seven years, I've lived all over the world and my practice has gone with me wherever I've gone. And I've trained my, my students to do the same. I love that. That's so good. And I love that it's just a win-win all around and it's able to serve and you've been able to teach people how to administer the same practice from afar. So I think it's beautiful. I had a question around... Um, you said believability, like you used the word believe a few times. Mm. Does someone have to believe this works before they actually give it a try? And does like, does that disqualify them if they don't believe this works? So believability comes down to if you believe you can accomplish the goal you've set for yourself not believing in hypnosis. And I'll clarify in just a moment, the distinction. So believing if someone came to me and they said, I want to lose a hundred pounds. And I said, okay, how much have you ever lost before effectively? And they say 40. Then I say, do you believe you can lose a hundred? And their, their conscious mind might say, yes, I believe. But their subconscious would say, absolutely not. I've only ever lost 40. I've been trying to lose 100 my whole life. I've only ever lost 40. So we would say, how about we make the goal 55? And when you reach 55, we're going to add another 45 because you already know you can do 40 easy. So that's what believability is. If someone comes to me and they say, I want to be a millionaire. And I say, great, you're worthy and deserving of being a millionaire. How much do you believe you can earn? And they'll say a million dollars. And then we ask the subconscious and the subconscious will say the exact amount they earned last year. <laughs> that's why they earned that much. It's because that's how much they believe they're worthy and deserving of and how much they believe they can make. So rather than saying, okay, you, you made 75,000 next last year, let's make a million this year. We go, how about this year make 150,000? Mm -hmm. You've already made 75. Now you just have to make 75 twice. Let's strategize. Let's talk it through. What actions are you going to take? What self-sabotage is coming up for you? What blocks are coming up for you? How can we break through this? When you reach 150, let's make it 300. And that's sort of the stepwise believability. Now, when it comes to hypnosis, let's say someone comes to me and they say, I am desperate. And I'll use something somewhat seemingly benign, but certainly there's been an uptick in this. Whenever we're stressed, our bad habits go up. Yeah. Let's say nail biting. I'm desperate to stop biting my nails. I bite them till they bleed. I'm embarrassed by it. I feel like my clients don't take me seriously. I feel like it's not sanitary. I have to stop. But I'm Christian and I believe that hypnosis is the devil's work. That person will have a beautiful, effective hypnotherapy session and they will absolutely see results because they are so desperate to stop biting their nails. And even though there's a misconception in certain cultures and faiths that hypnosis is mind control. It's not. It's just a scientifically proven fact that when you're in theta, you have the surplus energy required to create a new habit. There's no belief system required because there's no faith involved in this. It just works if you want it to work. But if someone came to me and said, 
Grace, I love hypnosis. I love you. I love the concept of hypnosis. I want to do it. I want to change my life. The only thing is my wife keeps nagging me to quit smoking and it pisses me off that she keeps nagging me to do it. I love smoking, but I'm so sick of her nagging me. Can you make me quit? The answer is absolutely not because you don't want it for yourself. In fact, there's a subconscious part of you that wants to stick it to your wife for being so annoying. (laughs) And for that reason, it would just prolong the smoking. So you don't have to quote unquote, believe in hypnosis for it to work because it's not a belief system. You have to believe that you can accomplish the outcome you're setting out to accomplish through hypnosis. And that's not to say you can't have big, massive goals. It just means you've got to step wise, increase them as you hit new milestones and the believability expands. How do we begin to know what kind of things hypnosis can actually cure? Because like, you know, like I'm thinking about right now being in isolation stuck. I've had a lot of like triggers pop up different things that I didn't even realize I could possibly work on or have the opportunity to work through. Right. And that's a gift in isolation. One of the gifts, but you know, like, I guess like how does hypnosis play a role with trauma and with emotional roller coasters or imprints that you may have experienced in your past? Like, does it more make you forget or does it heal the actual emotional charge related to the event that may have caused the bad habit or caused the the anxiety or caused the emotional response to be part of your arsenal. So glad you're asking this. And and this is one of the interesting things about, you know, in addition to being a hypnotherapist, my husband and I, we've built the number one hypnotherapy business in the world with no startup cash. So we're also entrepreneurs, you know, yeah. and marketing something that can help with so much is an interesting challenge because it kind of sounds like snake oil. Like (laughs) how could the thing that can help you lose a hundred pounds also be the thing that's going to help you overcome your fear of public speaking. But here's why it's not about what you're working on. It's about the fact that what you're working on lives in the subconscious and you can access the subconscious through hypnotherapy. So if it lives in the subconscious, hypnotherapy can help you improve upon it. Now, if you, I don't know if you've ever seen the Freudian model of the conscious mind and the subconscious mind, but an image he would use that Freud would use is the 10% of the iceberg that you see above the waterline is the conscious mind. Yeah. Conscious mind is your willpower, short-term thinking, and your survival instincts from fight, flight, freeze. 90%, the remaining mass underneath the waterline is your subconscious. And there's a lot of crossover. There's still long-term memory there. There's also fight, flight, freeze response. There is no willpower there, but there are all of your habits, all of your beliefs about the world and all of your emotional responses. Yeah. How we're dealing to, you know, with the coronavirus is an emotional response. So all of your habits, all of your beliefs about yourself and the world around you and every emotional response is in your subconscious. And that's why hypnotherapy can help with so much because all it's doing is helping you access the subconscious. So I'll give you an example of something that's very extreme just to help people kind of wrap their head around what's possible here. And I have permission to share this. I'll keep the client anonymous, but she's given me permission to share the story. So this client was 65 years old when she came to me and she had been sexually abused by her brother when she was very, very young, as were all of her female siblings. So there was collective trauma, collective shame. The parents wouldn't believe any of the daughters. Happened over and over again for years. And finally, it got to the point that she's now 65 years old. She wants to be a motivational speaker. Such a cool, badass, rad lady who wants to be free. And she came to me and she said, I want to go back to those traumatic moments in childhood. And I want to heal them. I, my whole life, have buried them, pushed them away. But I'm ready to face them. I want to face them. I desperately need to be free from this monster. He's controlled my whole life. Now, you don't have to go back to the source of a trauma to heal it, but it is a very effective way to do it if it's something that you're feeling called to do. So we would go back to the source and what would happen is she would choose a different outcome. Rather than the abuse taking place, she would go back to just before it started and it's up to her. She would choose. She would one day call the cops and the cops would come and take him away and the whole 
neighborhood would watch him be carted away in the cop car. And so they would finally believe the daughters and he would be safely away in jail. I've had other clients who in similar situations where they had been abused, decided to beat the crap out of the person and that was cathartic to them or not go to the place in the first place. So what happens is they reprogram their mind with a different experience. Now, this is not going to create a false memory. They will always consciously know what actually happened. But by doing this on the subconscious level, they have taken away the power. So rather than the story being, I'm a victim, I'm ashamed, and no one will ever believe me for your whole life, story narrative changes to, I am powerful. I am in control. People listen to me. My story matters. My voice matters. I matter. So after these hypnotherapy sessions, not only did this woman become a very successful motivational speaker, she fell in love and got married for the first time at like 67 years old because she had always just sort of harbored hatred towards men and who could blame her. She healed relationships with nephews and nieces because the family was so divided. All of these beautiful things happened. And yet she still consciously knows what actually occurred, but her trajectory for life totally changed because she got into the subconscious and upgraded the story. So kind of a benign, simple example of this is like, if you imagine the Statue of Liberty right now, just like bursting out in laughter and the Statue of Liberty is laughing so hard right now. She just heard the funniest joke and everybody in the whole tri-state area starts laughing along with her. It starts to make you feel just a little bit lighter to imagine everybody in Manhattan and New York and Staten Island and Jersey and Long Island with everything they're going through, just starting to laugh along with the Statue of Liberty. Just thinking that elevates us a tiny, tiny bit. And yet we know she's a statue and she's standing there straight and tall. So that's the power of if you know you've got problems with money or a parent or an ex-lover or you're writing a book and you're terrified, the narrative has to change. But if it doesn't change at the subconscious level, then your habits, your beliefs, and your emotional responses aren't going to change. That's brilliant. So it's almost like it's the charge behind the story. Or maybe the feelings that you felt when the actual event was happening, which caused you to have a lens on that created a story which has turned into your entire life in some ways. So by simply going back to the source and changing the lens at a subconscious level, which feels like it's at some level of feeling, like when you describe kind of like the like the Statue of Liberty, like we're really thinking about a story or a, or a lens or an or something happening here that's just different, a, a more positive feeling or whatever you want to call it positive, but it's just a different feeling or a different story that evokes a different feeling. And then when that's understood at the subconscious level, it neutralizes the memory. So it's not even like the memory, it, it doesn't change what happened. You just don't have that subconscious charge associated with it. Is that kind of what's going on? The perfect embodiment of the word empowerment. So Prior to the hypnotherapy session, something else is in a position of power, something or someone else. And it typically occurs under the age of seven, because before the age of seven, we haven't really developed the capacity to produce beta brainwaves, which means we're almost all theta, which means kids under the age of seven are almost all subconscious, which is why they're little sponges and they can mimic everything. It's also rough if you're growing up in an abusive home or around someone with chronic anxiety because what you're doing is you're learning at a subconscious level what it means to be an adult in the world. And that's why, you know, if our parents were 35 and we were kids, we turn 35 and we go, holy crap, what happened? I'm turning into my mom or I am my mom. It's because that's what you learned what a 35-year-old is as a child under the age of seven when you were pure theta. So it's empowerment in the sense that someone told you you were dumb on the playground. Someone told you you were fat in kindergarten. A teacher said that you were coloring out of the lines and you did that wrong. And so now you're a, you, you believe you're not an artist for the whole rest of your life. That teacher who didn't even mean it, should not have said that, that was horrible, but didn't even mean it, has now impacted your belief in yourself and your creative potential for your whole life. And this one client that I shared with you, she knew what the source of her trauma was, but by far and large, my clients come to me and they'll say, you know, I've got a fear of public speaking. And it's because in high school, I gave 
a presentation and I bombed. And then we go, okay, let's go back to the source. And it's, they were six years old being made fun of at a t-ball game. Almost always far earlier than you think it is. It almost always began before the age of seven. And so we go back, we reimagine the t-ball tryouts going differently or deciding to go to dance instead of t-ball in the first place because you don't even like t-ball, whatever it is. And all of a sudden your creative potential, you know, blooms. And this woman who, when she came to me, wanted to be a motivational speaker more than anything, but she had a subconscious belief. No one would listen to her. Her voice didn't matter. She didn't matter. So we work on one thing and all of a sudden she's the dynamo on stage when her whole life she had chronic stage fright. All of a sudden she's falling in love when her whole life, every relationship was a disaster because it was a self-fulfilling prophecy of men are evil, right? Her subconscious wanted to be right. So it's, it's unbelievable what happens when just as you say, you go back and you neutralize what once really had control over you. You know, we say hypnosis is not mind control. You're actually deprogramming yourself from someone else's belief that was imparted to you. That's fantastic. Do you have to know the source of the trauma? Like, what if you don't remember? What if there's generational trauma that you've been carrying with you in some way, shape, or form that you'll never really be able to pin down to an experience? Like, how do you, like, is it important to know the the why and the story or is it more important to just be really clear on how you want to feel and the possibility of that that's such a great question so when we go back to the source in hypnotherapy and a lot of times the tool we use is called an affect bridge so the affect the emotional charge just as you said that you're experiencing today you sort of ride that wave back to the first time you ever felt that same emotion and that's how you discover at a subconscious level what the source was and there's ways of checking to make sure that that is the genuine source but the point of hypnotherapy is not to live in life in the past it's to live life more wholly more fully in the present to stay grounded now, right? So we go back with the intention of healing the present. So one of your sessions with your hypnotherapist might be going back and finding the source and imagining a different outcome so that you neutralize that charge and, and build a more powerful one that serves you. But subsequent sessions would just be visualizing the way you want things to be, hearing hypnoaffirmations that serve you. Now, if it's generational, let's say the source was you know, five generations ago, you would be accessing the source as it pertains to you. And so fascinatingly enough, I've had clients return to the womb. They go, and I always know what it is now because the first few times I was like, what's happening? I'm just surrounded by darkness and I feel very claustrophobic. And then I would say, okay, go back (laughs) a little bit before, like one or two months before. And and that's how I test it. And they go, oh yeah, it's more spacious now. (laughs) There's more room because they're tinier. And they're actually recognizing themselves, developing fears, phobias, panic, anxiety, limiting beliefs in the womb. So yeah, these things happen a lot earlier than we think they do. But you don't right now and you don't need to, if you were to work with a hypnotherapist tomorrow, you would not need to say to them, oh, the source was when I was five. That's part of the hypnotherapist's job is to help you access the theta state where every memory and every emotional imprint is accessible for your entire life and and take you there. When was the first time you realized hypnotherapy was a gift? So I was 24 years old and I was the regional manager for Silicon Valley startup in New York City. So I was super young, had no colleagues. I was the only one on the East Coast, really fast paced environment, huge quotas to meet. And my coping mechanism for stress and anxiety then as a 24 year old in the Lower East Side was straight up partying. So I would leave work and go out all night. And it was very very destructive. And I'm so lucky it got out of control super, super fast, super young. So I was lucky enough to get sober at 24. But even six months into my sobriety, I was still chain smoking cigarettes. And I said, how is it that I could stop drinking and drugs and partying? My whole identity outside of work was wrapped up in that. I mean, where I live, there was like 800 bars in a six block radius around my house. It was like really a lot to change. How could I change that? But I can't stop smoking. So I was really desperate. 
And because I'd just been rocked by that experience of getting sober, someone suggested hypnosis and I went begrudgingly. I went with my arms folded over my chest, fully not believing it would work. And I quit in one session, even though I'd been chain smoking for a long time at that point. And immediately my human rights spidey senses were blaring after that session and said, why the hell does anybody have emphysema? Why does anybody have lung cancer? Why is there anyone smoking in the world who doesn't want to be smoking? Why did I think this was going to be creepy or a swinging watch or a sham when it was fascinating, so relaxing, and most importantly, wildly effective? So when I get up on my high horse about something, I need the whole world to know because I need to end <laughs> this needless suffering. So I was like, let me test it on one more thing before I like dedicate my whole life to this. I used it to overcome my debilitating fear of public speaking. I mean, my fear of public speaking was so bad. I went through unbelievable lengths to opt out of the public speaking prerequisite at my college because I knew a semester of that would actually kill me. And when I finally gave my speech to the board, which is the way you had to do it to be able to opt out, they were like, this is one of the best speeches we've ever seen. What's wrong with you? Like, why don't you just take the course? This was so much harder. And I said, because there's three of you. And that course would kill me. Like it would, I would die. I wouldn't sleep for a semester knowing I had to go up and give a fake toast in front of all my peers. And now I'm paid bananas to speak in front of thousands of people all the time. It's awesome. And I love it. So at that point, I said, I have to get a certification in this. I have to understand the subconscious mind. I have to understand why this works. And I started helping people on the side, still keeping my corporate career. But early on, I was asked to help a man named Alex. He was a United Nations peacekeeping officer in Syria. And his UN convoy was bombed and he had a stroke and was paralyzed on the left-hand side of his body. And in our first session together, he broke through his paralysis. Wow. He had been paralyzed. And in our first session together, he moved his left hand for the first time. And he was in the Rusk Institute in New York City. And the doctors came in, the nurses came in, and all the alarms were blaring. Everyone was crying. And that's the day I quit my job and said, I can't stop until the whole world knows that this is available to them. And that's what I've been doing ever since. Okay, you're awesome. I have so many questions right now. But okay, I'm going to try staying focused. But I have like a million questions for you right now. So I get hypno hypnotherapy and hypnosis for almost making life feel easier, getting out of your own way. But are you suggesting that hypnosis is also an effective counterpart to actually healing the body and whether it's physical ailments, diseases, and more? Mm -hmm. So there's a study from Harvard Medical School that showed clients or patients who had ankle fractures the group that did hypnotherapy showed eight weeks of healing at six and a half weeks. And the control group only showed six and a half weeks of healing at six and a half weeks, which indicated that using hypnotherapy was healing bones 40% faster. And that's Harvard Medical School. That's something you can just Google right now. There's a study that I've been sharing on our app and I, I created a coronavirus immune boosting hypnotherapy recording that's also free on YouTube because there was a study done that found hypnotherapy when used in the face of an acute stressor. So acute stress actually inhibits the immune system. Our immunity goes down when we're really stressed and anxious. So hypnotherapy in the face of that decreases the stress so significantly that the immune system is boosted up. There's another study found by Stanford University this one's unbelievable. There were women who had metastatic breast cancer. And the first round of the study was to see if there was pain reduction in terms of treatment. So the chemo, the radiation, there's a lot of very painful side effects to even the surgeries. And there was a 50% pain reduction. Or no, was it even more? I think it was a significant pain reduction in those doing hypnotherapy. But at a 10-year follow-up of the study, there was a 50% higher survival rate of those who did hypnotherapy. 50% higher 10 years later of the group that did hypnotherapy compared to those that didn't. And my hypothesis for why that is, again, that's from Stanford University. They didn't really go into why they thought that was the case. But in my experience, what that means is if you're in hypnotherapy, you're not in the fear state. And if you're in hypnotherapy, you're 
visualizing a positive outcome regardless of what's in front of you. And so my hypothesis is the group that did that on a regular basis as they moved forward in their life were not riddled with fear of the cancer coming back, were able to visualize a positive life even with a body that's different than it used to be, had a more positive experience of the chemo and the radiation. So if they had to go through it again, they had more positive outlook of of having to do that. Whereas my hypothesis is those who didn't have the hypnotherapy lived in fear that it would come back so much so that it actually may have either shortened their lifespan or certainly not extended it. So yeah, it's beyond just imagining or beyond just feeling good. There's a physical component that's been medically and scientifically proven. It's almost like you're aligning your subconscious to be on your side, right? Like it's, it's, um, it's sad now. And as as I'm listening to you speak, it's, it's making me realize how sad it is that just maybe the regular stressors of life or society, or maybe generational fears from parents or schools or whatever sort of created this, this upbringing in us that's forced us to be against ourselves, make things harder than they need to be. I love what you said. It was almost like you're de-remembering or, or I wouldn't even say de-remembering. I think you're just remembering how beautiful, awesome, and connected you actually are. And all of the things that feel hard, all of the things that don't feel seamless or, or like you're in flow are the things that are actually unnatural. Absolutely. And if you think about it from a historical perspective, you know, personal development is such a new concept. I mean, it previously you were born into whatever you were going to stay in, right? If you were a woman, you were going to have babies and then you were going to die. And if you were a man, you were going to do what your dad did and what his dad did. And then you were going to die. And you were either born rich and you were going to stay rich or you were born poor and you were going to stay poor. There was no upward mobility. If you attempted that, you'd be thrown in jail or killed or murdered. So I guess that's redundant, killed or murdered, but it was really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Two times. So bad you get hit twice. (laughs) Don't try to get out of this. And and honestly, you know, up until very, very recently, people didn't live very long, right? And and their whole life was based on survival. And if you hit your kids, you weren't shamed or considered bad. That was normal, right? You weren't even trying to be a better parent. If you cheated on your wife, you weren't considered bad or normal. So all of this trauma that's coming down since the beginning of human history, we're now in a generation where we're so privileged, many of us, not everybody, but to not have to live from a survival state all the time. It might not feel that way right now when everybody's losing their jobs left and right, but we have the potential in many parts of the world for upward mobility. We care about being good parents and not screwing up our kids and passing our stuff on to them. This is all very new, very, very new in human history. So It's sad, but it's also such a cool opportunity. And I genuinely believe if everybody in the world did hypnotherapy and it was expected of us to take responsibility for our own subconscious programming, because you don't point at your parents and say, well, thanks for giving me my anxiety when I was seven. Like you're such a jerk. No, they got it from someone too. And they got it from someone too. It actually takes the onus off of them. And to say, I'm the only one who can change this. If I don't want to pass it on or live with or have other people need to be around it. I am the only one responsible for my subconscious. But if the whole world did that in two generations, I swear the human species would evolve into its next iteration because we wouldn't pass on these limiting beliefs. We would just soar. A small silver lining in all of this chaos we're in right now is that, you know, this is giving the collective species a chance to become aware even of some of these subconscious patterns, right? Like it's a gift even being able, like I realized recently self-awareness is an absolute privilege. Like there are people in different parts of the world that never have the privilege. My parents never really had the privilege of becoming self-aware until now, until they've seen me really being more invested in personal development. They never had the privilege of asking themselves and separating themselves from their anxieties. And I think in this, there's just a, there's a chance for all of us to sort of separate ourselves from ourselves in some ways and recognize that, you know, what we thought were us, those personality traits, those things that kept us down, those things that felt like we were almost like things that we were born, our identities in some ways were never really rooted in truth. 
because in truth, there's just love and there's, there's expansion and there's freedom and, and there's flow and you're awesome. <laughs> you get it. I just want to reach through the internet and hug you. You so get it. Running so bear hug after all this is over. Right? Yes. Um, just running slow <laughs> Baywatch hug, like koala embrace. Yes. Oh. <laughs> you, you really, really get it. And that's what's so cool is sometimes people will come to this with the most seemingly surface level thing. And what they realize is, nothing changes until you cultivate at the subconscious level, self-love. And, you know, I help people all the time with weight loss. It's something that, you know, doesn't necessarily, when you first hear it seem like a spiritual journey, it's never going to work and it's never going to last if you subconsciously hate yourself and you're punishing yourself all day, day in and day out, right? So just these, these things that people come to hypnotherapy for, and then they find this deep, deep truth about themselves and who they are and the stories they've been telling themselves and what they're not limited to, what they're capable of. And just as you said, it's freedom. Gosh, uh, how can we let the world know who you are? Like, how do people just come and just absorb everything you're up to? Because I, I'm so grateful and curious just to see. I've never had a hypnosis practice in my life. And I was, I said earlier, but I was kind of selfishly excited about learning more about it from, from you. And it just seems like such, it seems like such a gift for individuals. So how do, how do our listeners find you, reach out to you, say, thank you, take, take access to some of the the resources that you're, I mean, you're doing so much good right now for individuals. Um, How do, how do we get involved? Yeah, I'll tell you all the things. There's a million things. So first and foremost, if anyone listening feels compelled to experience this, by all means, just download the app where we're keeping it free until at least May 1st, 2020 now. So, and, and after that, I think it's $19.99 a month. So somewhat of a nominal, you know, cancel anytime fee. And again, that's in the app store and it's, it's kind of nice. It, it, well, I, you know, I'm biased. I made it, but I think it's really cool in the sense that it asks you, how do you want to feel? And <laughs> you get to choose. Oh, I want to feel happy. I want to feel safe. I want to feel abundant. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty great. And you get to pick how long you have in the background sound you want. It's fun. Uh, the next thing would be, you know, if you want to master this yourself, you can get my first book, Close Your Eyes, Get Free. That's on Amazon. It's on my website. The next book that's coming out in two weeks on April 21st is Close Your Eyes, Lose Weight, which I'm really excited about. There's so many people who are processing their stress and anxiety at this time through food. And it's just starting these shame and guilt cycles and people not feeling healthy. We've had hundreds and hundreds of messages into our community already saying, please, Grace, help. And if that's not something you can wrap your head around at this time, then honor that trust that that's awesome eat your chips it's cool but if you feel like you want to use this time to uplift your your health then that's something to honor too and we'll be here for you with a a 90-day challenge starting on may 1st so that's a companion with the book you can do one or both or neither whatever resonates and then after that's the private hypnotherapy sessions Again, they take place all over the world. I, I have very few private clients myself. You probably know all of their names. They're significant humans in the world in the sense that if they make a decision, it impacts all of us <laughs> in some way, shape, or form. So I, I work with mostly Fortune 500 CEOs and, and some celebrities, some government officials, and I love it. I love working with these people who, when they make a decision, the tectonic plates of the earth shift. It's just... Mm amazing. It's so fascinating and awesome and such an honor. And I only take on a few clients myself because I'm running my school and everything else and writing all the books and doing all the press. But I do have dozens of hypnotherapists who I've trained who graduated from my school that you can work with anytime, any place. And then finally, if you're hearing this and you're like, I got to be a hypnotherapist, I got to help people with their subconscious and do this over the phone then by all means, please check out our school, Grace-Based Hypnotherapy School. And you can find that all at gshypnosis.com. And you can follow me on the interwebs on social at Grace Smith TV. Oh, and the, and the other cool thing that I'd love for everyone to help us share. Right now, my graduates from my school 
and I and uh, our advanced students are offering pro bono hypnotherapy sessions for all essential medical workers. So any doctors, nurses, anybody in the hospitals working with COVID-19 patients, we can right now, we can offer about 300 sessions per week pro bono, and we hope to fill them. So please help get the word out. We need to support these heroes and thank them for everything they're doing, sacrificing for us. And we've got to get those chronic stress levels down as best we can. High five, Grace. Woo! (laughs) Crushing it over there. Okay, everybody trying to write all that down. We'll make these links available in the show notes. (laughs) Two two things, Grace. Do we still have time for that hypnotherapy session? We do. Yes, we do. Okay. Okay. And then I have one last question for you, but I want to get hypnotized first. (laughs) Awesome. So anyone who's listening to this while driving, please pause. Do not participate in hypnotherapy while driving. You will deeply relax. (laughs) You can come back and listen to this part later. (laughs) And for everyone else, just remember whatever your belief systems or, you know, conceptions of hypnosis were before this, all it is is meditation with a goal and this tiny little self-hypnosis that I'm going to guide you through. I just want you to see how quickly you can get out of the stress state because when you get out of that, you can get into theta and that's what this will illustrate for you. So let's go ahead and start with our starting stress levels. Zero is the most relaxed a person can possibly be. 10 would be a full-blown panic attack. So everyone just note your starting stress levels. And Raj, what's yours? I'd say about a five right now, four or five. Really good. All right. So starting at your starting stress level, close your eyes. Take a nice, deep, letting go breath. Already beginning to relax both mind and body. Relax the top of your head. Relax your forehead, smoothing out any creases. Relax the tiny muscles next to your eyes. Relax your jaw, letting it hang loose and slack. And as you create that space in your jaw, you send a message to the rest of your body that it's safe for you to relax. Relax your shoulders. Relax your arms all the way through to the fingertips. Relax your torso, breathing easily, really releasing your stomach. And relax your legs all the way out through the bottoms of those feet. Begin to imagine a color you love forming at the top of your head and think that color to yourself. Now imagine that color flowing in through the top of your head, all the way through your body, out the bottoms of your feet, down into the center of the earth. Color relaxing you, this color releasing you. Color taking you all the way down. You realize now your eyelids are wonderfully deeply relaxed. Your eyelids are so wonderfully deeply relaxed, they just want to stay closed. No matter how hard you try to open them, they just want to stay closed. And it's all right, you can give it a good try. And when you're absolutely certain those eyes just don't want to open, think that color you love. As it flows in through the top of your head, all the way through your body, out the bottoms of your feet, down into the center of the earth. Repeating in your mind after me and doubling your relaxation with each and every single decreasing number. Five, I'm going deeper and deeper. Four, I'm going deeper and deeper. 
three, I'm going deeper and deeper. Two, I'm going deeper and deeper. One, I'm going deeper and deeper. Think that color you love as it flows in through the top of your head, all the way through your body, out the bottoms of your feet. That color relaxing you, that color releasing you. That color taking you all the way down. Repeating in your mind after me. I am safe. I am calm. I choose to be here. I am safe. I am calm. I choose to be here. I am safe. I am calm. I choose to be here. Good. Now go ahead and just begin to imagine that there's a beautiful cloud forming before you. It is soft. It is safe. It is sturdy. You're just going to curl up into a ball in the center of that cloud, which supports you, which holds you. And as you curl up in a ball on that cloud, you're safe cloud. You feel supported. You feel steady. And you feel any and all remaining tension just melting away from the body, mind, and spirit. Almost as if that beautiful cloud is like a sponge. And it's just soaking up any remaining tension from the body, mind, or spirit so that it can leave you entirely. On your safe cloud, you feel so safe. On your safe cloud, you feel so supported. You feel relaxed. And now while I'm silent, just think of three things you're so grateful for in your life. And once you've done that, put a smile on your lips. Beautiful. Maintaining that smile on your lips. Think that color you love once more as it flows in through the top of your head, all the way through your body, out the bottoms of your feet. Then when you're ready, gently open your eyes, coming back to this place this time and noticing your new number on the scale, remembering zero is the most relaxed you could be. And what's your new number on the scale? I might go negative right now. (laughs) There you go. So you went from a five to a negative in less than five minutes in your very first hypnotherapy ever. And every time you do this, it goes deeper and lasts longer. So if someone listening was, let's say, at a nine to start, let's say they find themselves at a seven now, that's already such a magnificent improvement. Go back, rewind, listen to the same exact thing once more. You're going to go at least from a seven to a five, more likely from a seven to a four. So what that means is in less than 10 minutes, you'll have gone from nine, which is chronic stress, debilitating stress, the kind of stress where we can't think clearly, we're not digesting, we've got no access to memory recall or creativity, nothing, all the way down into the safe zone. And this practice I just taught you, you can get it down to 90 seconds. And you can do it anytime, anywhere. If you don't want to scream at your kids, you don't want to flip out on your spouse, you're about to present on Zoom and you've never done it before and you're nervous about the technology, just 90 seconds before, you run the color, test the eyes, run the color, count down. I am safe, I'm calm, I choose to be here. Visualize the outcome you want, smile. 
and you just, it keeps going faster and faster. You can go deeper, faster. It's this beautiful process that at first is prescriptive. So we use it to get out of chronic stress. Anything over a five is chronic stress and into the safe zone. But over time, it becomes preventative. With enough practice of self-hypnosis, you stop spiking up to the eights and nines in the first place and you start living from this healthier place. Grace, I'm going to have to have you back at some point because I have <laughs> I at least that. I have a million more questions for you and we're out of time. But I want to uh, one thank you for that. That was beautiful. And I love that you cemented it with gratitude, which to me is the undercurrent of our human experience. You know, the more we can be grateful, the more meaning we find in the meaningless. It really is a, I, I love that that's the anchor back to the smile. I was really, that made me really happy. So thank you for that. One last question for you. In the midst of all of this, everything you're doing, everything you're up to and everywhere you're going, how do you stay grounded? Mm, such a great question. So I practice self-hypnosis all day long, all day long. I mean, I've, I've got it down to a real quick process now. So anytime I feel myself spike, I immediately pattern interrupt is a term popularized by Tony Robbins, meaning I don't let that neural pathway get strengthened in the stress state. I immediately bring myself back out. But in addition to that, I go to my own hypnotherapist because when you're inside the bottle, you can't read the label, right? Even for those of us who are really good at what we do, we're still human beings. I play with my son. I play with my dogs and my cat. I go for walks with my husband. And... I find that gratitude, as you mentioned, is one of the most powerful ways to help stay grounded. And I think in a time like this, if gratitude feels like a bit of a stretch for, for a lot, you can start with just appreciation, right? Mm. Which is great too. It's a form of gratitude, but if you're depressed or scared, it can be hard to make that full leap. Whereas appreciation is a beautiful stepping stone between the two. It's just like, you know what? I appreciate that the sky is blue right now. If that's how good you can feel in this moment, that's a way better place than you were a moment ago. And maybe from there, you'll be able to leapfrog into deeper gratitude. So just take it step by step. You're like probably one of my favorite people. Right. I, <laughs> I, I, I like just you're the best. Like, oh. gosh, I'm such a fan. But it's mutual. You have such a lovely energy. And I just want to thank you not only for having me, but for creating this podcast and the community that surrounds it. This is a gift to the world. And you are a gift to the world. I fully receive that. And um, I'm grateful that we got a chance to do this today. And I'm grateful we got to do this in this climate. And I'm grateful... Um, just grateful for all of you listening too. Thank you for taking the time to to prioritize yourself and be there for yourself and give yourself the gift of, of yourself. Um, I'm really grateful for that. So everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your new friend, Grace. And from us, Stay Grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.